Watershed podcast, Tales from the Front Lines of the Water Crisis. We're at the Labour Party conference where the mood has been really buoyant. I mean, there's a lot of expectations that the Labour Party are going to win the elections next year. A number of the shadow ministers kind of preface some of their speeches, uh, saying when Labour comes to power, not if Labour comes to power. How did you find the conference, Rachel? Yeah, I thought it was really buzzing. It did have a real optimistic feel to it. Um, we went to a number of events uh, where people were talking about, obviously, sewage pollution. I gave a talk at one on chemical pollution for on our rivers and seas. Um, but just you could just sense that people were talking about Labour's policies with, with a little bit more weight, that actually, if a minister said something, then this is something that might happen or that you could hold them to because they might actually end up being in power. Yes, and I thought, you know, sewage really was on the agenda and water was on the agenda much more than in previous manifestos. I think the environment and water pollution was definitely much more centre stage. Um, we heard the Secretary of State for DEFRA, Steve Reed, and he was actually at the Shooting and Anglers Rural Lunch, wasn't he, Rachel, where he kind of said that Labour supported shooting done sustainably. Yes, but it's not quite clear what done sustainably means. I mean, obviously a lot of people, a lot of NGOs are very, very much against grouse shooting. I mean, the campaign group Wild Justice, which is made up of Chris Packham, um, Dr Mark Avery and Dr Ruth Tingay, they've been calling for a ban on uh, driven grouse shooting because they say that it, it's bad for the climate, it's bad for flooding and it's bad for habitats. It underpins the illegal killing of birds of prey like harriers, falcons, kites and eagles. So a lot of the environmental NGO community are very much against these kind of big, big grouse moor landscapes where um, there's a lot of burning going on and all, all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it, it's interesting that, that Labour are talking to the shooting lobby saying that they're going to be supporting them but I think maybe it was a bit more about wanting to engage with people in the countryside. Yeah I mean obviously this announcement made the British Association for Shooting and Conservation very happy and yeah like you said I mean Labour do want to kind of grow their kind of electorate the, p the potential voters in the countryside they say that in the past uh, Labour was the biggest political party in the countryside and that hasn't been the case for probably the past couple of decades, but they definitely want to be in the countryside. Again, let's hear a little clip of Steve Reed addressing them now. We know that that means that we have to develop a very respectful uh, relationship with the countryside. And that means people from urban seats like me not telling people who live in and enjoy the countryside how they should live their lives. Uh, and that, that, that respectful approach, I think, is, is absolutely necessary uh, if we're going to form a government and then be uh, a successful government. And that includes supporting um, shooting that is sustainable and conducted according to the law, as it uh, includes supporting uh, angling uh, in the same circumstances. And that's absolutely where we, where we will be. So there's been no policy announcement as such about uh, shooting but perhaps it's something we can delve into uh, at another time 
But the major environmental news of the conference has been the state of our waters and river pollution, hasn't it? I mean, sewage was on the lips of uh, Steve Reed quite a lot, wasn't it? <laughs> what a horrible way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, I, hopefully that was metaphorical. Yeah, so it's really interesting. So Steve Reed has come out very strongly on action against water companies who are polluting our, our waterways with sewage. Let's let's listen to a clip of him and then we're going to go through those points point by point and see how that compares with what the Tories are currently planning. We will put the water companies under special measures. That will include mandatory monitoring of all uh, of all outlets, severe and automatic fines whenever there are um, illegal discharges of sewage, personal criminal liability for water bosses who refuse to take action to stop the most severe of these discharges, and new powers to offer the regulator to cap or stop bonuses being paid to water bosses who are allowing the dis- dis- destruction of our wildlife and our countryside in that way. Okay, so let's take those points one by one. The first one, he's saying there's going to be personal criminal liability for water company bosses for extreme and persistent law-breaking uh, relating to sewage. What do you think of that? Well, I think that was really well received by people at the conference, first of all. In the previous speech yeah. uh, that it was made, you know, it got a really big applause. When it comes to criminal liability, this is a big stick. But whether it's likely that water executives are going to refuse to tackle sewage pollution or how that's, you know, what is extreme and persistent law-breaking, if I'm being cynical, I don't know if that would actually seem very likely to happen. But, you know... It's certainly a lot tougher rhetoric than water bosses would have heard before. So they're really showing a stick to kind of incentivise them to action. Would you agree, Rachel? Or what do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to take quite extreme action for someone's behaviour to fall under that extreme and persistent law-breaking scope. So, yes, but it's it's tough language. But whether it's it, it can be followed up with action is, is another thing. So another point is it wants to reduce the bonuses for bosses of failing firms. So what's happening at the moment, I think it was March this year when um, Offwat outlined plans to ensure customers uh, don't fund executive bonus payments where they have not been sufficiently earned through the company's performance. Um, that's not, These are Offwat's words. So there is something, maybe not as broad brush as what Steve Reed seemed to be saying, as in they will just reduce these bonus if the firms aren't aren't performing. But there is already a little bit of work underway from Offwat to be able to have some control of that. Apparently, under Labour's new plan, Offwat would have been able to block six out of nine water bosses' bonuses last year Mm. due to high levels of pollution. But according to the Labour Party's statement, 22 water bosses paid themselves £24.8 million, including £14.7 million in bonuses, benefits and incentives in 2021 to 2022. So they're certainly saying that that's not going to happen under Labour, but... We shall, we shall see. Okay, well, what about mandatory monitoring for all outfalls? Yeah, so under Section 82 of the Environment Act, which came into force in 2021 and is obviously a Tory piece of legislation, that section requires water companies to continuously monitor the rivers and streams that uh, are receiving these kind of discharges upstream and downstream. It only applies to rivers. It doesn't apply to coasts and lakes, which is possibly a problem given Windermere is uh, and the dire straits as a result of sewage at the moment. And it only they'll only monitor for a few things. So maybe 
the shadow environment secretary is going to go further than that but there is something already in place yeah he did um, say mandatory monitoring for every single outfall so yes so that would be that would be coasts and lakes so we'll have to hold him to that then there's also the conservative storm overflow discharge reduction plan so He's been saying that there has to be this be statutory reduction of these kind of discharges. That's his announcement. There is a statutory uh, reduction of discharges in place under this plan that the Tories put out. However, it's not something that people have been happy with. So they've got two deadlines on it. 2035, water companies will have to approve all of these storm overflows discharging into or near bathing water. <laughs> My God, think about that. And 75% discharging into high-priority nature sites. But not until 2050 will it apply to all storm overflows. And that's made people really unhappy because they're saying, well, that now legitimises all the current sewage overflows out until those dates, whereas they should be tackling them right now. So there is currently a statutory reduction of discharges, mm. but maybe not complete, but we don't know if Labour will be going further. There's more flesh to be put on the bone on that point. And then the last one was severe automatic fines well so currently most of the fines well all of the fines that have been slapped on water companies for sewage pollution they have had to go through the courts so they take really they take years to come to any kind of conclusion so a water company boss could be in place and they could oversee some terrible terrible sewage pollution and they would be long gone by the time it actually comes to the court case comes to court so it's very expensive for the environment agency to bring it and the whatever the the judge awards is it that can vary quite wildly so it would be great to have these automatic fines recently probably about a year ago the defra minister at the time is one of the many different ministers that we've had in the tory government so many he was very brief i can't even remember his name but he said right we're going to lift the cap for these automatic fines, so the Environment Agency will be able to find up to £250 million for sewage pollution incidents. But the regime under which the Environment Agency can slap those fines on is not one that takes in sewage pollution. First of all, they're consulting on it, so it hasn't happened. And the second thing, that the sewage pollution wouldn't fall under this regime anyway, so they would have to reform the legislation and the regulations to make sure that that happened. So there would have to be a lot of work before it could ever happen. So it's one of those really big, exciting announcements that you just, I don't know, read around for five minutes and you find out that it, that it falls apart. Yeah, in April this year, to raise coffee set out intentions to allow unlimited fines for polluting ward companies. Polluters must always pay, Therese Coffey has said. We are scrapping the cap on civil penalties and significantly broadening the scope to target a much wider range of offences from breaches of storm overflow permits to reckless disposal of hazardous waste. Yes, yeah, so we don't know if these unlimited fines, have they've not actually been uh, actioned yet. And Labour is talking about automatic fines, which is obviously different. But both parties are both vying with each other here, I think, to come out looking strong on penalising ward companies. Definitely. The rhetoric's very, very strong. But let's see. Let's hope that an, any new administration, whatever colour it is, will actually get some action in there as well. But what wasn't mentioned... Uh, was renationalising the water companies. It was made clear by actually the Shadow Minister for Rural Affairs, Toby Perkins, that that is not on the Labour Party's agenda, at least for now. He kind of said it was also obviously up to Keir Starmer whether, as in his quotes, wanted to open up that can of worms. 
Yeah, I think they've got a lot to deal with and renationalising anything is not going to be high up the agenda. I think they're going to have a, a lot to deal with in terms of just the cost of living. And, and dealing with public finances, because another thing that wasn't clear is you know, how they're going to be able to fund some of the measures that, that they want to, whether they're going to increase funding to the Environment Agency, that certainly wasn't clear. Nothing has been pledged so far. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a message that Toby Perkins definitely received from a number of people, including Professor Jamie Woodward from the University of Manchester. The Environment Agency is a great organisation with lots of people that are working really hard to try to improve the environment. However, they're being stripped of resources. And Toby, you know, he under, he understood that and he just said that he'd be one in a long line of ministers with long lists of requests for funding. So that didn't sound particularly helpful. Shall we wrap up quickly uh, with a brief reflection on uh, Keir Starmer's speech where the environment, you know, it did get uh, it did get a mention, not a huge lot, but it did get, uh, you know, a mention, obviously, climate. he said climate change is an opportunity we can't pass up. Uh, which doesn't quite sound like the message I think he was trying to give. I mean, presumably he meant acting to combat climate change. He also pledged not to tear up the Green Belt and you know, point out how Labour created the Green Belt. Although it's not clear how this, if this does appear to contradict their promises to review building on Green Belt. Uh, not sure about that. And he mentioned sewage. Sewage made it into Keir Starwood's speech, didn't it? He did. He said, I don't just see the sewage in our streams and I see he sees the volunteers, the people who love their community, standing up to fight for clean water. So he was trying to put a little optimistic spin on that. And he uh, repeated Steve Reed's point about reducing bonuses for water company bosses where they are overseeing high levels of pollution. So it, it got two mentions, which I think has got to be a bit of a record for any party, actually. <laughs> any party's leader to stand on the conference stage and start talking about sewage. That's... Um, Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that might be a first. I think it is a first, but I think quite notably as well, part of the speech, she was uh, showered by glitter by mm. this uh, activist called Yaz Ashwami. He is an Extinction Rebellion activist, although, you know, an XR spokesman said this wasn't an XR kind of official action, uh, but, you know, it was quite muffled uh, what he kind of said, but it did appear to say, and, and XR kind of put out this statement saying that the climate and nature emergency is the greatest crisis that we're facing and the political system, they say, isn't able to cope, which is why they want independently run citizens' assemblies or more direct democracy. Hmm. Which, interestingly, the Conservative Party have had some climate assemblies and I think they've had some, some success with that. So that's quite interesting. That's, I think, it comes to the end of our of our mini roundup. Oh, no, one more thing. I did give a speech alongside Ruth Jones, who's Shadow Environment Minister, alongside Francesca Gidney, who works for the Marine Conservation Society, talking about chemical pollution to our rivers and seas. Um, and we're really pleased we had a, a packed out room, which was uh, in question because the Shadow Environment Secretary was speaking at the same time. So I thought we were going to be talking to an empty tent, but it went very well. And I'm not going to go into it now, but next week we're going to have our podcast uh, all about PFAS pollution. So it's on the theme of chemical pollution. So if you come and download us next week, you'll hear all about that then. Oh,